welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the latest episode of Game Rivals. I am one of your hosts, Maximilian X, and with me, as always, is the lovely, the talented, the PlayStation aficionado himself, Sean Templar. How's it going, Sean? I'm good, Max. I'm good. And, and this is kind of like a special episode, I guess, because for the first time, people will actually be able to see us record this episode. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty exciting. Uh, uh, yeah. If you're on our YouTube channel, you can see us. Hi. I'm Hello. Maximilian X. And I'm Sean Templer. <laughs> <laughs> um, and if you're listening to the audio version, um, you know, that's great. Thank you, as always, for supporting us. Um, if you're curious about what we look like if you haven't seen us yet on our instagram accounts um feel free to go to our youtube channel the link is in the description of this episode uh, along with the links to our other places including to our instagrams which is at game rivals and my uh, gaming uh, instagram which is at maximilian underscore x um so you can find us there the content that we post there um, that is related to video games specifically also to the podcast so, um, let's just jump right in, because as we always do, we start with news, and we have a lot to cover. Um, starting with, uh, I don't know, let's just start with one of the biggest things that goes on in the gaming industry, which is E3. Um, we've been wondering for quite some time now what E3 is going to be looking like in 2021, mostly because of the pandemic. Um, and we got an answer, finally. Kind of. Well, we got an answer, at least from the ESA, that E3 in 2021 is going all digital. Yay! Well, at least we're getting an E3, because last year it was, uh, they wanted to do something, and in the end they didn't. And then Jeff Keighley stepped in, and he, he did the Summer Games Festival, which was pretty nice, besides being a little bit confusing. But, hey, I'm I'm all for it. I think... Uh, the pandemic has taught us that uh, um, we can adapt. We can we can do stuff we normally don't do. I mean, all big events have gone digital, and so far, I think besides the X- Xbox ones, they've all been pretty well. Yeah. Um, so the ESA announced that they are looking into making E3 digital for 2021. Uh, the ESA is the body um, that basically represents the gaming industry in the US um, and basically does like stuff like lobbying for the for the games industry and whatnot and they also organize uh, E3 so and if you're lucky comes, they'll yeah. also leak out your contact information <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah that that happened back when 2019 Oof, that was uh, uh 20 a lot of people yeah, 2019 yeah a lot of people were not happy <laughs> um I, I can't imagine i mean would you <laughs> no absolutely not because people <laughs> were getting harassed and it wasn't cool at all yep um yeah so this year they're looking to get it digital they are talking to other people uh the bigger companies to see if they're all going to be on board uh, their idea is making the digital more inclusive. Uh, this includes having demos available during uh, E3 uh, week, which is from June 15th to the 17th. So this is going to be a three-day event. They're going to have press conferences or keynotes 
um, on the 14th, so the day before. Uh, so mark your calendars if you haven't already. And they're still looking into it, seeing it, as long as everybody that that they're asking wants to go along with it, they might be able to do it. Um, they're also doing some stuff behind the scenes that will allow um, people to, you know, do the networking, which is very important, especially for indie developers. Uh, they're also having a judges week as they did before, um, but this time uh, the judges are able to, you know, partake from the comfort of their home or their office. How they're going to do that, I don't know, um, because they also have to do, you know, Judges Week, the deliberation, you know, nominate games that are going to win awards during E3, uh, which is something that they normally do. Uh, how that's going to look like, we don't know yet. Uh, we know from one uh, reporting from uh, from VGC uh, that one big company says that they're not going to participate because the ESA is asking for a six-figure number for them to donate so that they can participate in E3. Uh, they didn't mention which company, um, but we can probably speculate as to which one, seeing as uh, Sony did not participate in 2019, and they were not going to participate in 2020 to begin with. But I think, I mean, like, if you're talking about six figures, that's a lot of money to make something like this happen. I mean, mm -hmm. um, if, if anything, the pandemic has proven is that we can do all sorts of stuff without being tied to the way it was. And um, I, I wonder if, I mean, you, you, <clears throat> you raised this argument before saying that E3 is not just about showing games, it's also about securing deals if you're a developer for publishing and stuff like that. But, I mean, one, indie publishing has become even more easier with things like the Epic Game Store and offering developers bigger cuts. Uh, we still, of course, have Steam, other online platforms, uh, GOG. And, I mean, if people want to sell their game to a publisher, um, they've had to do it in the last year. So, and there were no trade shows then. So who says that E3 might not just go away completely um, and developers will not find another way to, to bring their games to market, uh, be it through a publisher or by self-publishing. I mean, um, I mentioned this before, that like I watched the, the Play, Watch, Listen podcast. And in one of those episodes, in every episode, there's a game director called Mike Bithel. He made Thomas is Alone. And last year during the pandemic, they made a solitaire game and they released it on Steam, and the game is super uh, positively rated. It's selling well, from what we, uh, from what I understood. And he just used word of mouth and basically the podcast and Twitter and like social media to promote his game. And they self-published their game, um, and that works for them. So, who, who says it? We need an E three, to be honest. I mean, we still don't know what this digital E3 is going to look like. We also don't know which uh, publishers are going to partake in it, uh, seeing as a lot of them are doing their own stuff. I doubt that E3 is going to be there. They're pretty sure they're just going to do their EA Play um, thing like they did last year, which... But EA Play you know, was outside also... of the E3 window. Yeah, like so, just barely. Yeah, so... I mean, I can see you be doing something outside of the E3 window. I, I don't know if, if Bethesda is going to do anything or they'll just be tied into the Microsoft stuff. 
Um, I mean, I can see Microsoft also doing um, their own stuff. I mean, I, I just general, g- genuinely wonder if we need an E3. I mean, the days that people would go to E3s and it would be all these amazing press conferences and we would get all this great news, it's becoming less and less. I mean, if I look at the last E3 that Sony joined, that was in 2018. And they had this really weird setup in which they had the the show like The Last of Us for a bit. And then people had to wait until they kind of changed the venue around, to put it that way. And then they showed a bit of Ghost of Tsushima. They, they like showed like three or four games and they changed the whole scene for it to kind of immerse people into it. Besides that, they didn't show a lot. And I mean, like it, it doesn't feel like we we're getting a lot out of E3 anymore from an announcement point of view, it feels like those things are spread out more over the year um, instead of jam-packed into one week because otherwise it gets snowed under. I, I know that, I mean, I always look forward to the Ubisoft press conference because they generally announce the coolest games. They can deliver on it is another question, um, <laughs> unfortunately. Uh, um, but at the same time, I mean, like, I, I there's maybe some games that I, there are like a few games that always can grab your attention and you kind of, follow that game whole through E3. And then in the months later, you find out there were a lot of other games that got announced there. And you're like, oh, oh yeah, I probably forgot about that because I was too focused on these big games. I mean, that is something, but that also that also depends on the person. I mean, you're going to focus on things that you like anyways. Um, and some people like to go it broad. Some people like to go it very specific. And yeah, with that, you can just, you know, pick and choose, Um, especially with going all digital, you can pick and choose now what you want to follow. So I feel that the all digital might actually make, could be a bit more detrimental if they don't plan it correctly, which also brings us to the fact that summer of games is back this year. Uh, Jeff Keighley uh, said that he was going to look into it, but it's also been confirmed that that is coming back. So how is that going to look like? We don't know. Is it going to be spread over two months like they did last year? I don't know. Um, I, I thought it was pretty confusing last year because I, I, besides the um, the main event he did, what was it called again? Uh, it, was, it was around the Gamescom window. Um, I don't remember. It, he did this big event during Gamescom in which they did a lot of announcements in one go. Gamescom Live. No, no, no. They had a different name for it. Um, I, I forgot. But that, like, they had this main event. It was one evening, and they did like a lot of world premieres or world, uh, exclusive announcements. And mm. I felt like that really worked. But the other things they did, they kind of smeared it out over the two-month period. And I know one of the highlights was the Unreal Engine 5 being showcased, running on PS5. But it felt so like they were trying to... Um, squeeze more out of it than there was actually available. Um, I mean, just do it in a couple of days or do it in like well, a whole day. I mean, no use to drag it out because eventually I was confused and I didn't know what was being announced when and how. And eventually I was like, you know what, never mind. I'll just read the news articles or the headlines. Well, to be fair, he had to do this all last minute. because, mm-hmm. um, And don't forget last year we also have the whole pandemic thing. So... It's you know, called planning Opening Night Live, I think. Yeah, Opening Night Live. That, yeah, yeah that's, Opening that Night Live, yeah. yeah. I mean, you have to plan around all this stuff. 
um, with like other companies. And it's, I, you know, I'm giving him A for effort because at least he was able to get something done and the ESA didn't. And I mean, I know he has a team, but he's still one man that has to approach all these companies and all these people to ask for them to participate. And I'm sure there was definitely some, you know, money hat going around to, you know, get featured. Um, but they also have, you also have to re remind yourself that you have to prep for this stuff. You have to prep for it in a completely different way than you, you're used to. And I'm yeah. not sure that not everybody was used to doing that. Um, and at the very least, um, the one thing that apparently you weren't able to find um, on the, the Summer of Games website, you can actually subscribe to the calendar for Summer of Games and have it automatically pop up in your calendar. Like these are the announcements that are coming. I tried At first to they're that, like hidden stuff and then they get revealed and it's actually kind of cool. Um, but yeah, that, I mean, the summer of games thing was not meant to replace E3. It was meant to be a celebration of gaming during the summer, you know, because everybody's off and you maybe want to learn more about, you know, your favorite games coming out or new games coming out. So, uh, I don't know, C considering that it started, I think it started like the week after E3 was supposed to start or the week during E3. There might be a little bit of conflict going on there. I don't know what the timing is on Summer of Games. We haven't gotten the the dates for that yet, uh, as far as I know. So it's going to be interesting to see how uh, they're going to tackle that, um, how Jeff Keighley's going to tackle that. And I'm pretty sure that's going to have an impact on who shows what, where, and when. Because yeah. if because if you're if you're one of the big three excluding probably Sony, um, Microsoft might still do it. And I'm pretty sure that Nintendo will still do it. But then again, Nintendo always does their own like digital direct or, uh, you know, whatever showcase it is that they do, that they do pre-recorded. If they're so going to assuming... do a new console, they have to do it this year because they want maximum impact and like creating buzz if there's going to be a new console this year. Assuming they announce something for this year. I doubt it. At best, we might see a special edition Zelda uh, console, but if if they're going th for a new console, I don't know. I think they'll maybe do the announcement this year, but probably launch like in March next year, something like that, like they would do nah. Switch. Nintendo's MO is mostly like trying to keep it tight as possible. Because remember, um, the Switch was announced in November. Yes. Like, it was revealed in November, uh, got revealed in January, like, got a full unveiling in January, and it then came out in March. So, that's maybe four months lead up? Four, maybe yeah. four or five months lead up? Uh, Nintendo likes to keep a type with announcements because they don't like things to be stretched out too much. It's like a very great way to build hype because then you're basically having people that are hyped for like a couple of months in, in, leading into whatever it is that they're announcing. With a few exceptions, of course, Bayonetta 3. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know if we talked about it the last time, but um, 
the the director of the Bayonetta series, uh, Hideki Kamiya, said, "Yeah, don't like don't think about Bayonetta three stuff for any time soon." So that he's they're still saying that it's plotting along nicely, but just don't expect any announcements about Bayonetta three, which can mean a lot of things. Um, but it also basically means that they're still working on it. Uh, we'll just won't know <laughs> when that's gonna come out. Yeah, I mean, there are some good games coming to the Switch this year, and like pretty soon as well. We had Bowser's Fury, we have uh, Monsanto Rise, uh, maybe Breath of the Wild sequel. Um, hopefully, hopefully, yeah. Bravely Default Two is also coming out at the end of this month. So, yeah, there's, I mean, that's only a few. Uh, new Pokemon Snap is coming out at the end of April. Um, but like I said, their fiscal year ends in March. So I guess we won't hear anything about that until after March. Um, the fact that Pokemon uh, is launching, the Pokemon Snap is launching in the next fiscal year is pretty telling. So that's like the first major release from. Well, mostly the Pokemon Company um, and Namco Bandai. Yeah, Namco Bandai is actually developing the game. Uh, so that's the big, the first big like title that's going to come to Switch. That is, is Pokemon Snap being is Pokemon Snap being developed by Namco Bandai? Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't know that. I'm surprised yeah. by that. Yeah, I was surprised by it too. But it uh-huh. kind of makes sense considering that they've been in a good relationship with Nintendo and you know property of transition they also have a good relationship with uh, the pokemon company hmm. yeah. and i i don't know if this is true but i read like a uh, last week that there's even a zelda game that was developed by capcom yeah like capcom developed like a bunch of zelda games i, ha- I had no idea on the on the, on the game boy <laughs> on the I, game boy color I, yeah i'm just completely shocked by it when i heard it i was like <laughs> what yeah, they got a deal um, back in the day to make some some Zelda games for for the handhelds. So one of the first things that they did, uh, ooh, let me think if that's true. One of the first things that they had was a project where they were like Project Triforce, and it was supposed to be three games, um, but it ended up being the two that were released: Oracle of Ages and Oracle of Seasons. That was developed by Capcom. Um, it was supposed to be like the Triforce, but um, I think that there were some developments about the third game that weren't going well. So Miyamoto was like, no, make it two games. So they ended up making it two games. After that, they made the Minish Cap on Game Boy Advance. They also did the port of Link's Awakening. Oh, sorry, not Link's Awakening. A Link to the Past and uh, Four Swords to Game Boy Advance. So that was also them. Um, I don't think they did anything after that. But those are the games that Capcom made uh, in terms of like Zelda, Zelda games. What? I didn't know. It was really fun to find out. <laughs> and then my camera dropped. <laughs> yeah, this video thing is, is it's our first go. So I hope people will bear with us that it's a lot of uh, learnings. I'm uh, sure they're going to be lenient enough. Uh, <laughs> like your like a tripod very leaning <laughs> yeah indeed it leans always uh. <laughs> yeah all right so yeah so i'm kind of curious to see what that's gonna be like um 
What isn't uh, going to be that surprising for us is that we will be able to play at least one new game on the PlayStation 5. Um, do you know which game that is, Sean Templar? Of course I know which game that is. That is a game a lot of us are, are looking forward to, and that is Ratchet & Clank, A Rift Apart. Yeah, when is it coming out? I think it got it got a release date like yesterday or the day before, and it's coming out June 11th of this year. Uh, yeah, it's only like four months away now. Yay! It's literally a few days before E3, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's gonna be interesting to see if the PlayStation crowd is even gonna be paying attention to whatever E3 is gonna be like because they'll be way deep into Ratchet and Clank uh, Rift Apart. Yeah, and I think that the announcement of Ratchet and Clank coming in June kind of shows what Sony's probably going to do with the rest of the year, in which that they, besides Ratchet and Clank, they would only have two more games, or maybe three more games we're kind of sure that's going to come out this year. One being Gran Turismo, the other being God of War, and the other one being Horizon Forbidden West. Um, I think Gran Turismo will definitely come out this year because it has like a really specific audience that plays that game so it, it yeah. won't get in any risk territory of being cannibalized but if, if we look at horizon zero uh, forbidden west and god of war i think god of war is going to get pushed because i don't know if sony can afford to bring i mean like both games will sell if you bring them out in a short window back to back but i'm afraid that if they do, for example, God of War first, and then either way around, basically, God of War will sell probably more than Horizon Forbidden West because God of War is, I think, the popular game. Um, I mean, it won Game of the Year. Even though I also enjoyed Horizon Zero Dawn a lot, um, I think Sony is going to just like spread it out and say, like, you know what, we'll just do Forbidden West this year, and then we'll do God of War Ragnarok early next year. Um, instead of saying, you know, we'll kind of do what they did last year with Ghost of Tsushima and The Last of Us, that they brought them out like with a month between them. Um, and it worked for both games because it was both completely different games. Um, and personally, The Last of Us was a great game, but Ghost of Tsushima was my game of the year above Last of Us, even though Last of Us won game of the year with a lot of award mm. shows. But um, I don't know if they can risk it to say like we'll bring out these two major games in a, in a short short succession and hope it sells for the best uh then it's just better to say like hey you know what we'll just do q1 of 2022 because basically nothing is released in that window generally um and then they have like a huge hit on their hand yeah uh but i think we all kind of know that god of war is going to get delayed anyways i was saying that from the get-go like oh yeah they didn't give us a date yeah that's not happening this year yeah i mean like i don't it's... understand why they announced it coming this year just say like we're working on it yeah that i have no idea why they decided to say this year other than to get people excited for it yeah um and to you know entice people to be early adopters of the system which Sure. I, I, I think I, I think we're in a unique position, and I don't know if it's because of the pandemic or because of something else, that we are in a position that demand outstrip uh, out, is vastly bigger than supply for both next-gen consoles. But um, I think more for the PS5, because I'm hearing all over the place that people are getting Xbox Series Xs, 
again, I am seeing them pop up more and more online. People just buy them and try to resell them. And they ask like 75, maybe 100 euros more than the selling price. And I think, and Microsoft has said themselves, like, hey, we expect the shortages to last till June. Sony has said, oh, we don't know. AMD is saying, hey, um, we're pretty tight on all CPUs and GPUs right now. Uh, our own CPUs and GPUs are also constrained and expect this to last till the second half of the year. Um, so hopefully after the summer, people will just be able to walk into a store and grab a PlayStation off the shelves and and play it. Um, I think it'll, it'll be stronger for Sony going into the next holiday season. But um, yeah, they just need to make sure that the games are there for when the people buy it, because that's some of the things that I'm running into right now is that um, I finished Assassin's Creed Valhalla on my PS5. And uh, yeah, there are a couple of few games out there that I want to buy for my five, but it's not like I I have to have them right now. I, I can wait. Actually, I am waiting for a sale. Uh, instead of buying them outright, uh, also because I have a backlog I'm working on. Yay! But <laughs> but like there's there's if for example, Horizon came out tomorrow. That's a game like I need to have Horizon. You know? Yeah. But but it's pretty quiet now. Like the the first game I've, where I actually think like oh I need to have that would be Kenna Bridge of Spirits, which is coming out in March. Uh, and then yeah, maybe wait, in, did I get a solid date? I think it only got like the vague March. It's yeah, it's still right, March. Yeah. So ho- hopefully we'll get like a state of play soon, going a little bit more into the game because um, I'm afraid that game is also at risk of being pushed because they announced it last year. They said it was going to come out last year. Then they pushed it, and since the initial announcement, there's been nothing around the game. It's been all quiet and. We've seen it with multiple games that get announced and then all quiet equals being pushed sometimes a whole year, like Hogwarts Legacy, for example. Um, So, yeah, I mean, that would be really nice, but that's like a month away. And then in another month after that, we'll get Returnal, which I'm also looking forward to. So, like, that's March and April that I get two games. Yay! Uh, But besides that, we don't know. And, I mean besides churning out as many consoles as they can, they also need to make sure that the games are there. Otherwise, people will just play PS4 games on it, which I'm also doing because you have I can. nothing else to play. Uh, uh, yeah, basically that. Yeah. Well, that and you're too much of a coward to get Demon Souls. Well, actually, talking about Demon Souls, I am going to get Demon Souls. But the only issue I'm running into right now is that it's 80 euros. And Mm -hmm. I don't know if I will... Like, I'm determined to play that game. But I don't know if I... How strong my will is to play that game. Like, (laughs) if I'm going to buy it, will I play it like a couple of days, a couple of weeks, and then never touch it again? Or will I just... I I mean, like, now I'm saying, like, I'm going to try it. I'm going to go till the end, you know? I'm going to finish it as soon as I start it. But you know how things are. So I'm just, I'm I'm weighing the financial part of it. Like, I'd rather wait for that game to be in a sale and be like 40, 50 euros and then buy it. And then if I don't end up playing it as much as I wanted to, or if I just abandon the whole quest to finish that game, I'll be like, well, at least I spent 50 bucks on it. If I spent 80 euros on it, that will hurt more, you know? So that's like the yeah. only thing that's, that's holding me. If, if they throw the game into sale tomorrow, I'll probably end up buying it. All right. All right. Well, uh, 
I'll uh, we'll keep, I'll make sure that you keep your word on that one. Oh yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, I have some plans for that game, so you know, I'm a man of my word. Yeah. All right. Well, speaking of delays, um, one of our favorite games got delayed again. Um, a certain Persian prince. Is, unfortunately, uh, yes. Is, is, is taking the long route. Well, unfortunately, fortunately. Because the first initial outing that they showed did not look so hot. I mean, I might as well just boot up my GameCube and play it on there. You know what I'm saying? So Yeah. And the funny um, thing there was that they said that when they showed it off at E3, it didn't look as nice as people were expecting. And then they yeah. said, yeah, but it's an old build we're showing you. And then I think like a couple of days later, they released screenshots of a newer build, which actually looked better. Um, but the game did get Somewhat pushed. Yeah, yeah, but like compared to what we saw initially, you could actually see a difference. But yeah. what what we're having now is that it got delayed before it got indefinitely delayed. But it got delayed yeah. by like a, a month or, or two months because it was yeah, going to come out in. Time. Yeah, it was going to come out in March, and now they've said we've delayed it indefinitely, which is unfortunate, but better for the game in the end, I think. Well, indefinite can mean one of two things. One, they're actually legit, legitimately working on making it look better. Uh, two is they're looking to see if it's actually going to turn out as well as people hoped. And odds are that it might also get together. I don't hope so. So we don't know. Yeah. I, I read don't know about that one. I read yesterday that uh, Ubisoft said during their earnings call that they their main strategy has been to focus on like four or three AAA games throughout the year. And now what they want to do is they want to kind of s- uh, spread their bet over multiple games and say like, okay, instead of doing these four AAA games, let's just uh, also do smaller games or let's just try to do uh, free-to-play games or let's just try to do um, other games, you know? So they're trying to diversify their portfolio, which is a really good thing because they okay. you never know how their gamble works out. I mean... Um, they did a free-to-play uh, battle royale game set in the future. I think it's called Hyperscape. Hypers- yeah, yeah. I was I, thinking of the name. I don't know if that game is is a success. I don't know if it's. I have it's, no idea. Yeah, I don't. I can try. It, it is. It is available on PC. So I think I might try it this weekend on GeForce, uh, now. GeForce now. So yeah, I mean, that. like the set. I've looked at it. It doesn't really appeal to me. I mean, it's just like I'm not into those kinds of games. Um, but I don't know because I don't hear anybody talk about it. I don't see anyone talk about it. It's yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. But at least they're trying stuff, you know. Unlike yeah, certain other companies, <laughs> Activision. Um, but they probably yeah, stick I mean, to the why fix it if it's not broke formula. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. On the other hand, I wish some other companies would do that as well. Um. Diversify or why fix if it's not broke? Yeah, because some try to go way too much in the other extreme and then make ridiculous stuff that makes no sense. <laughs> so, wow. um, yeah, like it's like it's any big secret. Come on, man, they're the guys that gave us Shadow the Hedgehog for crying out loud. I confession, I don't, I haven't played a lot of Sonic games. I don't know a lot about Sonic. Yeah, just know that a whole, there's like a lot of potential that is just being missed and 
there have more misses than hits, but people really love them for the hits. As and their hits are really good. As long as they keep churning out Total War games, I'm happy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they announced... Oh, by the way, that one flew under the radar. They announced Total War Warhammer 3 uh, oh. for PC. I think I saw it last week. I, I'm not a Warhammer fan, so I, I skipped those games. But I know that they're really, really good uh, based on reviews and things I've seen online. So they've announced that one uh, coming out. So I think that one's being done by the main team that did... They, they, Three Kingdoms a couple of years ago. Um, so it's a properly fully-fledged, huge uh, Total War game. Nice. Cool. Yeah. I remember playing the uh, the Warhammer 4K games, uh, strategy games. Those are pretty good. Yeah, the Dawn of War. And uh, I really like Space Marine. That was like the third-person shooter they made. It was done by Relic, who made Dawn of War. Uh, such a shame they didn't do more with it. I I know of that. I've never played it. It's, so. it's a really good one. It, uh, the voice actor for that's also cool. The main character is voiced by um, uh, Mark Strong, which is like oh, a okay. really fitting character for it. Cool. Yeah. Uh, it's on PC, right? So I, I also on console. I can... Well, I'm saying PC because I'm going to see if I can try and find uh, like a Steam sale on that one. Mm. <laughs> and hopefully it's also compatible with GeForce now and then, you know, it makes things a lot easier. I think you're um, never going to buy a new PC now that you have GeForce now. I have to. There are certain things that I can't do on GeForce now. So I have to eventually upgrade my PC. But, like, I don't uh, think you need, like, a, a $2,000 a euros PC. You can, like, if you get, like, a 1,000 euro PC, I think you'll be fine, right? You don't need, like, the top end uh, of the, of the uh, specs, right? No, as long as I can play, like, the most recent games and I can stream from it. Um, that should be fine because, yeah, streaming from my rig is still a bit of a hassle. It's not that it's not impossible. It's just I need to do some stuff there to, you know, make it work again. Um, and hopefully I will not be kicked out for uh, doing anything shady, unlike certain people in Tokyo have been. Oh, yeah. Because... Uh, yeah, so apparently uh, scalping is still uh, rampant in the gaming industry, people. Um, and not just in the West, not just in Europe, not just in the States, but also in Japan. Even though they have a very particular um, lottery system when it comes to like buying stuff that is in low stock or in high demand. Uh, they tend to use like a lottery system, but not all stores are equal in their lottery systems and they tend to get gamed by scalpers which is what has been happening recently with a certain tokyo uh, retailer um i i don't have the article right in front of me but basically what it is now is that they had an issue a couple of weeks back where a bunch of people are just basically rioting to get lottery tickets to get the chance to buy a playstation 5 and there were a lot of them and they were getting into uh scuffs and whatnot so um i don't remember this retailer I can think you get more than you get more than one lottery ticket no but if you come as a group you can of course as a group buy. <sighs> assuming the whole group gets uh selected which like i like i was uh saying um was based on um buyer history so they were 
giving the tickets to people that have bought a lot in the past, oh, which wow. was unfair. Yeah. Yeah. So that system that. was so they gained that system and it felt really rigged. So they changed it to that you have to have a um a membership card or like a specific credit card tied to that retailer. Mm-hmm. And you're only allowed to buy one system per person. Okay. So you can only enter the the lottery system if you have that membership. Um, and that lottery gives you the opportunity to buy one should your number get pulled. Mm. So hopefully with that, it's a, it curbs it somewhat, but I don't know how much it's going to curb it. Yeah. I mean, like here in the Netherlands, I know that uh, Cool Blue, for example, they did a raffle. I mean, after they saw what happened when they launched the Xbox Series X, it went completely nuts. But apparently it took their uh, website down. So from like their first wave of PS5s, they did like a raffle system. They said like, uh, I remember it was during the time of, uh, what's it called in English? Uh, Santa Claus. Uh, It's basically the Dutch version of Santa Claus. Yeah, but like we also have Christmas. Anyways, so like they did like you had to put, you had to take a picture of your shoe as you're like traditionally putting your shoe under the chimney. And then they would just pick, I think, 200 or 400 people randomly. And then in the second wave, they also raffled it off just by picking people randomly. And then I know the bowl.com just threw them online. But apparently, unfortunately, the site also got, uh, it didn't get taken down, but had a lot of issues. And then people were able to buy them, but actually didn't get them because the units were sold out. So what they did then was say, like, you know what, we'll put you on the reserve list. And when pre-orders, when new units come in, we'll first contact you and let you know that they're in. And then if you want one, we can give it to you uh, instead of just throwing them online again. And I, I think the game Mania is just doing pre-orders. They're not selling uh, anything online. And I haven't heard anything of the MediaMark doing anything online. Um, so they're, like, doing all pre-orders. The only company that throws them online is Amazon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then it's first come first serve. Yeah, first come first serve, and I think those is, are the ones that are most prone to the scalpers. No, they're the less because if you're just putting them up whenever, the scalpers don't have the time to set up their stupid bots, unless they have bots that keep an eye on specific items on Amazon. Which yeah, then I guess we're yeah, still like the square I, one. I think that the bots. Um, I mean, like I know that there are these groups that have bots in them and then on telegram for example and they just go out and just notify you when the stock is coming up so i think those bots are linked as well and they should be able to just pick uh, or order those uh, units as soon as they get the notification yeah which really sucks yep so i guess we'll see until that time uh until probably the second half of this year to see if they're able to actually keep up with demand, um, which is being inflated by the stupid scalpers. Yep. Um, at least they didn't do something as heinous as hacking another company like, uh, like a group did this week to uh, CD Projekt Red. That was uh, kind of unexpected. Was it though? I mean, I'm surprised that it didn't happen sooner. Um, I never understood the intent behind it. I mean, people can be upset about a company throwing out a a bad game, but I don't know if it warrants them being hacked for it. 
I think in this case it was more about notoriety. Okay. So um, there was an update that's not in the original uh, article that I sent, uh, but basically they uh, ransomware CD Projekt Red into paying them a certain amount of money in Bitcoin, of course, um, so that it's untraceable. Um, and they said if their demands were not met, it's going to be leaked online. It's going to be shared with uh, games journalists and any games journalists worth their salt. I know for a fact would never touch stuff that has been stolen because then they lose their, reputa- uh, um, their reputation. Um, they said they were going to sell like the, 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 the um, source code of their games to the black market. And like the recent update was that they sold their stuff to the black market. But it's a bit shady because it they did start an auction and it went live, but it didn't stay online the amount of time that they said it would because they said this was going out for a week and it was online and it was set for a week. And like 48 hours later, it was gone. Like the whole auction had disappeared. And they said, yeah, they sold it to somebody on the dark web. Um, the, was the, it the, the dark the code? Yeah, uh, because I thought like there was just an interested party that said because I think they wanted yeah. seven million for it. They would sell it at yeah. seven million. And uh, from what I read, read, it was like we found an interested party that's willing to give seven million for it, but we're canceling the auction because it was the I think it was the source code for Gwent and for The Witcher Three, or was it also Cyberpunk? Cyberpunk, Gwent, The Witcher Three, and a unreleased version of The Witcher Three. Oh, yeah, it had ray tracing. Yeah, because it had ray tracing in it. So maybe that's like the next-gen version they're working on? Maybe. I have no idea. Nobody knows. But Um, that version is confirmed, right? Like, we know that there's going to be a next-gen version of The Witcher 3. Exactly. That one is true. Um, We know that that one is coming out eventually. I'm going to say eventually right now because if they have any sense of decency, they'll give the developers the time that they need and won't work them to the bone for it um because they got a lot on their plate with cyberpunk so but yeah um, cyberpunk also had some issues with some updates because there was an update that came out and through like an exploit in mods it allowed people's computers to be hacked or like taken over remotely and they had to bring out like a quick fix for that as well so yeah it hasn't been the easiest of times for CD Projekt Red, besides the whole cyberpunk stuff that's already been going on. Yeah, yeah. So I think I think they're, I don't know. It, updates like that feel like they're still trying to rush the game, which at this point, you've, you guys have reached the point where you don't need to rush. Take the gosh darn time to just yeah. fix the game. And make it playable on the other systems. Or, considering the fact that it's not even available for PlayStation anymore digitally. At the very least, cancel the PlayStation 4 version. Because it's, it's not worth a dang. But um, I, don't, I, don't, I think they can't do that from a financial point of view. Besides the nah, whole backlash. Sure. Because people will go just like pitchforks would come out all over the place. And they would just burn the CD Projekt Red down, I think. But besides that part, 
they would potentially alienate an, uh, an install base of over 100, what is it, 125 million PS4s out there. Um, yeah. They would just close the door on it and they'll just like lose loads of money um, because they're like, yeah. Yeah, but I, how many people bought it on the PlayStation 4 though? We don't know that. We don't know, but maybe like people are maybe holding out because they want those updates. I mean, like I have it on PC and I've, I've, I haven't played it since my initial couple of hours because the game is in it was in a less state i have i'm okay waiting um for those big updates i mean like we got one i think we're gonna get another one this month or maybe not anymore um but like i i am willing to wait to be able to experience right. that game to the fullest and i don't mind and i think like a lot of people have maybe the same they're like you know what i have a ps4 i'll just wait for the ps4 and i'm like i've spoken to a lot of people and they're like yeah, I'll just wait for the PS5 version to come out and then I'll buy it either with a PS5 or if I have a PS5 at that moment, I'll just buy it for the PS5. So like a lot of people are just holding out as well because they're like, I want to be able to enjoy this game to the fullest. Um, and if I have to do it on a next-gen console for that, hey, uh, I'll do that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and hopefully... Uh... I don't know. I don't know anymore with CG parties. <laughs> it's just, it's been such a spectacular fall from grace that I don't, I don't even remember the last company that did this outside of, I don't Bioware. know, Anthem. Yeah, Bioware. Yeah, but at least with, at least with Bioware, they're trying to win people back with the, uh, the leg, the, the legendary or legacy uh, edition legendary. of, yeah. Legendary edition of uh, Mass Effect, uh, the trilogy that's coming out, still not announced for Switch. Yeah, did we um, Did we talk about the release date? No, I think I we did. Know. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. Did we? Because it's yeah, coming, it's out, coming yeah, out in in May. Yeah, May fourteenth, I think. Yeah. yeah, and then I said that was like uncharacteristically fast, but yeah, um, I guess we'll see. Uh, yeah. At least with that. At least with that, they kind of can't go wrong, for the most part. Um, I mean, they took out the multiplayer, which honestly, I, I've never played the multiplayer, so I honestly don't care. Um, Those games are made for the single player. But there was also a DLC that did not make the cut this time around. Something to do with how DLC worked in the first game. Um, okay. It's not it's not DLC that people really cared about, so it doesn't matter anyway. <laughs> they're going to um, throw in 40 packs of dlc anyway so yeah exactly i mean the good dlc is included so you know hold your bridges yep. um so yeah i mean uh, i guess there's only two other things that we can talk about before we move on to uh the next segment and this one is big um because you just saw it and i saw it beforehand and um it was my blow. it's gonna be really <laughs> creepy in a couple of years and uh, and the reason why I'm saying that is that the Uncanny Valley has taken a big step forward thanks to Epic and their Unreal Engine and their new creator called MetaHuman Creator. If you haven't seen their announcement trailer yet, please do. And please be horrified because it is so... This is the closest to lifelike that I've ever seen. And this is an editor, which you can use an Unreal Engine to make NPCs look the way you want, and they look very lifelike. Yep. 
And considering that this is also coming from the team whose engine is being used for TV shows these days, um, yeah. it's not surprising that this is the next step that they're taking. And it's also not surprising that considering Unreal Engine 5 is coming out this year, um, that this would be something that would be tied to it. The interesting thing about MetaHuman Creator is that it is a cloud-based editor, uh, which means that even if you have a dinky uh, laptop like mine, you can still use Epic MetaHuman Creator to create your characters, be they like the main characters in your video game, or if you're working on a uh, movie or a TV show that is, uh, you know, that is a CG movie or TV show, you can use it. It's it's like there's no way to describe it over, um, yeah, over sound. Um, we might be able to splice in a little bit of uh, of the footage in the podcast uh, on YouTube, but look it up. Like, uh, I think I might even put the link in the description this week so that people can just like click on it and see it there. But yeah, the MetaHuman Creator. Uh, what was your opinion on it, uh, Sean? I think when I saw it, I was I was amazed by how lifelike it looks, and I had I especially had it when there's like this close up where you see somebody's face and you see their teeth and like the <sighs> the, the, the flesh around the teeth, and I'm like, whoa, this looks really real. Like, and, but I think, and that's something I hope we're gonna see moving forward is that. Um, is one of the issues I ran into with Assassin's Creed Valhalla is that the game is so massive, but at the same time, because of that massive scale, the world doesn't feel alive. Whereas with the older Assassin's Creed games, they did like a couple of cities and those cities felt alive. And yeah. uh, one of the things that, that Cyberpunk is doing is that it's it's not a huge map, but the city is so dense. It's so alive. There's so much to do that they really convey the feeling that the city is just alive and that you are just, you know, you can run into random stuff at every corner. And I, and I hope that this is one of those tools that will allow next-gen games or open-world games to be more denser and feel more alive because it's easier to create NPCs. It's easier to create unique NPCs. I don't know if there's like an option in which they can just batch process and randomize and say like, okay, we need 3000 NPCs right now. And they hit the push of a button and the system just churns out NPCs at a rate, uh, which they then need to animate and stuff like that. I don't know if that's possible or they like by hand need to create a character to put it that way. This feels more like a sculpting to like ZBrush. Okay. So I don't think it's like a, I don't think it's a, a tool like speed tree. Yeah, which I mean, like allows you to create like a bunch of trees like really quickly. Like you make a certain you you make your trees, and then Speed Tree allows you to um, you know edit the the, the the textures of the foliage so they look a bit more unique, mm -hmm. um, and like the textures of the tree bark and stuff like that, so that it feels like a little bit more unique. But as soon as you like look, you know, get close to it, and then you see, oh, like this tree is literally that tree over there, and stuff like that. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, yeah, I, I mean, they, they just announced it. We don't know anything other than what I just told you. Is it part um, of Unreal Engine 5 or is it already available it's, now? It's a, part of un, it's a part of Unreal Engine. That's all they said. They didn't say there was okay. 5. Um, and it's also not 
available. I'm pretty sure it's not available yet. So we have to, I think we'll have to just wait and see. And I think one of those things is what Epic might announce more details about either during E3 or during the summer of games at this point. Who knows where they're going to announce stuff like this? <laughs> they might announce it on their own like they did right now. So yeah. who knows? Um, the last thing that we can, unless you want to talk a little bit more about creepy, I'm like good. digitally realistic teeth. I'm good. Mouth <laughs> openings. <laughs> oh, man. Seriously, they're focused on the mouth explicitly just to show that it's well animated because it's motion capture. Yeah. Like that's like all the models that they're making is rigged ready for use, rigged ready for mocap. So if you're doing performance capture, you can use the oh my goodness, that's so creepy. Yeah, but like at the same time, it it gives I mean, this opens a door for smaller indie developers to create bigger prettier games because i think that's one of the things that you're really seeing that as an indie developer because resources are generally limited they don't have the the time or the money to create these crazy open world they they can't go out and create the next assassin's creed because they don't have the resource for it but i think like with tools like this they will be able to create like a mini assassin's creed fitting for their budget so I think it will help diversify the kind of games we're seeing on all levels because uh, AAA games will benefit because it will look unique and denser living worlds. And indie developers will be able to do other stuff they've never been able to do before because they simply have the tools now. Yeah. Well, they said that MetaHuman Creator is scalable. So from like the highest rig to mobile. So when I hear stuff like that, that also automatically means, you know, like talking about um stuff that could potentially show up on something like the Nintendo Switch. So who knows? Yeah, who knows? Um speaking of Switch, um slightly related uh, topic uh as our last news. Uh apparently there are some people, not a lot. Um just to preface up front, this is not something that is rampant yet. Um but apparently on Reddit people have been documenting their dual shot, their sorry, not a dual shock, their dual sense controllers showing drift on their analog sticks. Yeah. And not like a little bit, but like a lot. Um in in the terms of the the drift, not in terms of the amount of people. Again, not a lot of people, a small concentrated amount of people on Reddit are sharing their um drift issues with their dual sense controllers don't know how much of them are legit um but some have shown videos of their um dual sense controllers just like the red the, the right analog stick just drifting the camera the whole time um so i don't know if this is something that is blown way out of the proportion or if this is something that legit um could be a concern um have you been experiencing anything like that no no i know that the analog sticks in the dual sense are the same analog sticks as in the dualshock 4 so i think this is like an isolated thing because if it was such a big issue um if one seen maybe like a recall or an acknowledgement or a class action because there is a there is a law firm trying to maybe bring a class action against sony for the dual sense drift um, 
it looks like an opportunistic move to me. But hey, maybe I'm biased because you know I'm Sony fanboy, apparently. <laughs> um, but um, I mean, if it was an issue, I think that it would have happened on the DualShock Four as well. And I like, I know that there's been drift. I mean, I've had an instant instance. I didn't even know I had it, but like I had an old PS4 and I wanted to trade it in. So I went to the Game Mania and they test it with some controller tool. We, you can do that as well. It's a website. And then the person working there said like, hey, there's drift to your controller here, here, and here. And I didn't even realize it was there because I had just been playing my games. Um, but I've rarely heard people say that they have drift in their controllers or maybe it's like isolated on the on the PS4. So if it, if it was like a design flaw in the analog stick then we would have heard it by by far now because it's the same analog stick module, literally the same component from what I heard and understood that they use in the DualShock 4. So um, this just looks like we're riding the wave of actual stuff that's happening and PS5 is a hot topic. So, you know, let's just sue them because we need money or whatever. Yeah. Uh, well, then again, Americans tend to sue. When it comes to stuff like this, uh, so we have no idea. And with class action lawsuits, they have to have enough people participating and showing proof that they are experiencing the issue. So the question is, are they going to have a lot of people or at least enough people for them to make a case uh, that's solid enough to to, uh, to take on? Or if they're only going to get like just a few people that are experiencing some issues with their DualSock um, controller uh which, Did you just say dual sock? No, I said dual shock again. Sorry. I mean, oh, I thought you said dual sock. Like, yeah. Why on earth would I say? Never mind. I think you said that. So, <laughs> no, nah, I didn't. Um, but anyway, that is it. That is all the news that we have. So stick around, and we'll be right back with second segment, which is what we've been playing. We're back, ladies and gentlemen, with the second segment, which is, of course, what we've been playing. So, Sean Templar, what have you been playing? Um, I haven't been playing a lot. I've uh, after I finished Assassin's Creed Valhalla, I uh, I went into my backlog and I started to play uh, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order again. Um, mm-hmm. The funny thing is, is I bought the game in 2019 and I played it for like a couple of hours, and after that, I just I uh, didn't touch it, and then I lent it to someone, and then um, they didn't see that person for months because of the pandemic, and then I got it back <laughs> yeah, eventually. Um, the funny thing is, is I got this app, and in the app, I can keep track of the games I want to play or have played or I'm looking forward to. So basically what I did is I went through my whole backlog, and I said, like, okay, this is maybe a game I want to play. This may be a game I don't want to play. And I made a list, and there's like 24, 28 games on it, uh, and Fallen Order was one of those games. Um I have, I think I finished in like a week, in a week and a half, something like that. Um, I really liked it. I have a few issues with the game because it it feels a lot like a Souls-like game. Um, Yeah, because the combat is is, is a lot like Souls-like. So you have stamina for blocking. You can't use infinite force powers. It's like a meter that just drains and then you have to refill it in some way. Um, if you get killed by an enemy, you lose all your experience at that point until you kill him again, and then you get it back. Um, if you go to like a save point, 
Uh, there's no regenerative health. So you have your BD, which is your little cute little robot on your back, and he has stims that can help you boost your health or fill up your health. And you get, I at least had three. I think there are upgrades to get more, but I had three the whole game. And um, that's the way to get health. And um, if you go to a rest point, you can save, you can upgrade your abilities. Uh, but if you rest, it will refill your your health, it will refill your force, and it will respawn all enemies you just killed in that area. Which is like, ah, oh, because I've had moments in which <laughs> I finished an area really hard, barely, and then I go to a save point, and then I need health because there's no other way to get health. And then I do a hit square, and then all the enemies respawn again. And you're like, ah. Oh, um yeah that so sounds like uh dark souls demon souls all right yeah so it, it's maybe like uh me getting used to it um but that's okay so this yeah is your dry run yeah yeah i, I thought i'd like that and I, I mean i liked it uh so who knows maybe i would like demon souls um the game is, is really cool it, it runs on unreal engine i didn't know that it runs on unreal engine it looks amazing um the cool thing is is they brought out a patch for the ps5 and the xbox series x version um, I played it on PS4 since I have a disc uh, game and I don't have a disc PS5. Um, but hey, that's okay. Um, the story shows are pretty good. You play as Cal, which is a Jedi. Um, there's events in the game that happened and he's ha- trying to hide the fact that he's a Jedi. But due to certain events, it kind of gets out there that he's a Jedi and he's immediately hunted by uh, Inquisitors, which are basically Jedi hunters working for the Empire. They're Sith warriors. Um, and then you go to a planet and you find out that there's like an ancient vault and in that vault there's a holocron and that holocron houses a list of all four sensitive people in the galaxy or four sensitive children uh, that can basically become the next Jedi Order. Um, So it's basically your quest to recover that list, but you need to go to all sorts of planets, do all sorts of stuff, learn new skills, uh, you know, the whole shebang. Um, it, It has kind of like a Mass Effect kind of uh, uh, system to it in which you have a ship and you can just go to multiple planets at any time and do certain objectives because you need to sometimes go to a planet and then you figure out oh you miss a certain item then you need to go to another planet to get the item then you go- Yeah, so there's this. You're after this holocron, which is a, a list that contains the next generation of Jedi. And um, as I said, you have to go to different planets to get different kind of objects to further yourself in the quest uh, to get uh, to, to this vault. Um, it, it is, as I said before, it looks amazing. Um, it has. It doesn't have a lot of familiar characters in it, besides maybe one. At the end, I won't spoil who that is. Uh, that? No, 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 I won't. I mean, like, it, it was an unexpected one for me as well. They're like, what? <laughs> um, th- that made it pretty cool. And, um, yeah, so there are different kind of boss battles throughout the game. Those are pretty hard. I, uh, the, the Inquisitors are called uh, blah, 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 sisters. So there's, like, one called Ninth Sister. There's one called Second Sister. Um, and they're all Sith Inquisitors trying to hunt you down and also get their hands on the list because they want to kill those kids or maybe convert them to Inquisitors. 
because um, you know it serves the empire's purpose to have them. Um, uh, yeah, one of them is uh, those were maybe like the only parts in the game where I really struggled because they're really really hard to beat. Uh, and I played on normal, so like uh, the the ninth sister, which is on Kashyyyk, um, it was this boss battle that just kept on going, and I just kept getting my ass handed to me. And I think it took me like a couple of hours to beat her. And then I don't know what happened. It, it almost felt like I got into touch with the force itself. And then when <laughs> I started to play, I, I don't know what happened. It almost felt like, you know, you've seen the Matrix, right? Yeah, 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 you, yeah. you know the part where Neo in Matrix, One's, Matrix 1, he dies and then he just gets up and then he he beats Agent Smith, but like with, with ease, he blocks him with ease and he just kicks his ass like without breaking a sweat. And it felt like I had one of those moments. Just suddenly, I was like, I had this moment where I where I tapped into the force, and I thought, like, I'm one with the force, and the force is one with me. And then I just blocked all the attacks, and I just beat him because or her because <laughs> I had instances in which there was like a tiny bar of health left, and I had, would almost beat him, and then I got killed. It happened like three times, and I almost threw my controller at the wall. And I never do that, but I was really frustrated. But like I, I had that moment in and where I just had like I'm one with the force and the force is one with me and I, and then I, I it worked and I beat the enemy and then at the end I didn't have that at the end there's one boss boss battle and I just couldn't do it and I and I felt like I was at the end so it was like you know what I want to finish this game and I don't feel like putting more hours into this because I I can feel that I'm at the end so I I lowered the difficulty just to get past the boss and I beat it. That's fair. I ne- I never do you that. Can't, you but... can't. You you do realize you can't do that in Demon Souls, right? No, no, no. I'm also not going to do it in Demon Souls. But I mean, like what I've done for Demon Souls is I've already watched streams, like from start to finish. I kind of get like an idea on what to do, and I, I'm going to be honest. I'm not going to be ashamed to use a guide for that game because yeah, if it's the difference between me being able to finish that game and not finishing it at all, I'd rather use a guide. Oh, that's totally fine. Yeah. Um, I also played, uh, besides Call of Duty, but I'm trying to take a break from Call of Duty because I'm a little bit frustrated with Call of Duty because it's always hit and miss. I uh, started playing GTA Five online again. Why? Because we have like this friend group of people we play Call of Duty together with. We're eight people. There are rarely games out there that support eight-player multiplayer. So we were like looking at games we all have and almost everyone has GTA. So we're like, you know what? We'll just do GTA online. So um, it's been like... Did you download the free version on, on your PlayStation 5 for that? Or did, are you playing on PlayStation 4? Uh, it's not out yet on PS5. So I have I bought a GTA 5 like a couple of years ago on PS4 and um, digitally. And so they have this, this deal now that every month that you play GTA online, you get a million in-game currency until GTA 5 comes out on PS5. So GTA 5 online will be free on PS5, but the single player will probably be like a separate purchase you have to do. Oh, I thought that was already, like, weren't they aiming for launch? Uh, I don't know. It hasn't come out yet, and there's no estimation on when. So until that time, show me the money and just give me a million every month. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, the game has grown massively because it's been years since I played GTA online. I, I only used to play the heist with friends. But now they've added the option to open businesses, to become CEOs, to uh, earn money through by doing that. So it feels like this the game is coming closer to reality step by step. Can you do corporate takeovers? 
I don't think so. That would be awesome. Can you do violent corporate takeovers? Well, I, I, I haven't dabbed in it a lot, but like I started a nightclub. But one of the parts of the nightclub is that you actually have to do missions like get people like staff and also like a DJ. And a part of the nightclub is that you have a warehouse and you can use the warehouse for not legitimate activities, as they say it, I think, like gun smuggling or drugs running or stuff like that, because you can start a biker gang or bike club and that's like a drug running operation. So there are multiple businesses you can start in the game. Um and I mean, it, I don't know how long I will, how, how long I'll be able to do it because the, the thing that annoyed me the most about GTA Online were the load times. It takes mm -hmm. forever. And um, that's just a huge setback for me. Like, I, I don't have patience for this. And it's not because I'm spoiled with the PS5. I had the same issue on PS4 and there's an SSD in my PS4 and it's still not working. Yeah. I wonder if, if because you don't have it, you don't have it digitally, right? Or did you say you had it digitally? I bought it digitally in a sale uh, like a long time ago. Then that makes me wonder if you were to use that version on your PlayStation 5, if the load times are better. Uh, I have friends p playing on PS5, but they said that for GTA Online that there's no difference in load times. Oh, I think it's more like a server-side thing that the servers maybe there's so much stuff going on at that server that it just takes mm -hmm. a lot of while to, to load all the data. Because I've had instances in which I spawn and then I, I almost see the world being constructed in front of me, like pop in and stuff like that, you know? Yeah, that, I think that, that seems like server side then. Yeah, I hope they fix it for the next gen version. Yeah, same here. And I think that's basically it. I, I've already decided which game I'm going to play next. Or maybe I'm like in doubt, but I have like two games I know that I want to play next. So, um, yeah. I'll probably talk about that next episode. <laughs> cool. I do have one more question before we move on to me. Is that with Fallen Order, do you think it'll have a sequel based on what you've experienced and seen in the ending? Um, I know that they're working on a sequel because it's been like unofficially confirmed. I don't know oh, if right, it's with right. the same characters. I mean, they could go anywhere because it has a pretty open ending they could do a lot of things um i i don't know where it will take them like i personally am a huge fan of the clone wars era so i i would honestly hope that that star wars games go explore that part but for some reason they don't um they might now yeah because there are flashbacks in which um you talk to your master and that's like uh, the flashbacks are around the end of the Clone Wars, but just before Order 66 gets initiated. So you have like uh, flashbacks around that area when you were a kid. Uh, the, uh, there is a game that came out where you play as uh, a, a troop of uh, um, a squad of stormtroopers, uh, clone troopers. Sorry, yeah, Republic Remember? Commando. Yeah, apparently. I know there was a leak, and we didn't talk about this in the news, but there was a leak about it coming to Switch. Yeah, there's a. I think in the online stuff they found a game cover and references to Republic Commando coming to Switch because the game originally came out on the Xbox, the OG Xbox and the PC. It never got a yeah. release outside of that. Yeah. So yeah, who who knows? I mean, it's not like they haven't done this before. Uh, 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 Jedi Academy is on Switch. Yep. Um, uh, Star Wars Racers uh, is on Switch. Yep. 
so yeah, who knows? Um, odds are, if this is what they found, there there might be an announcement sooner than later. Yeah, I know that Repu- I never played Republic Commando, but I know it's like a a really popular game because it was really really good at yeah. the time, and a lot of people want a sequel to that game or like a remake. Plus, I think it also had online co-op. So I think so as well. Yeah, yeah, which is you know something that people really like to tout back in the OG Xbox days. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's... Uh, that's so it that's for it. me. Yeah, that's it. Right. Well, I've been uh, I've been playing a few things. I finally finished Astral Chain. Yay. That's one. Beautiful game. Um, boss battle. The final boss battle was really challenging. Uh, luckily, I only had to redo it once. So that's... So that's, uh, thank goodness. But I was so close to beating him, and I needed to just heal, and I couldn't heal quick enough because, like, like games like Monster Hunter, you really dedicate into, um, you really have to dedicate your move. So when you're doing a move, you can cancel out of some, but not all. I had that and with Star Wars. Because of that, there were moments where I wanted to heal where I couldn't because I was trying to still stand up. Stand up animation is not invisible frames. Plus, you can't cancel out of your standing up animation. So you get hit again, and then you're dead. That's basically what happened to me. And wow, like the game is like a. I almost said something bad. Um,. The game is so gorgeous on Switch. Like, it's ridiculous how pretty this game is. Um, not just from a technical standpoint, of course, but also from an art direction standpoint. And, yeah, it is just... And, this, and, this, and, the, and the game's ending is also bittersweet. But what I didn't expect is that the game has an epilogue. So I haven't finished the epilogue yet. I'm just going to take my time. The epilogue is just like a bunch of missions. And then you're going to probably get some more story stuff to tie it all together. Um, So I still need to go through the epilogue to see if it leaves it open to a sequel or not. But I don't think it's going to leave it to a sequel because the way the, 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 the story, it's uh, the main story ends. It, um, it doesn't really leave it open to future games. At best, you could what they might be able to squeeze out is a spin-off or an alternate reality or a prequel. Um, other than that, I don't really see them doing anything uh, in terms of a sequel, which wouldn't involve the main... Um, the main enemies, which are the chimeras. And in terms of story, it is very gripping. It is very anime. (laughs) (laughs) But at the same time, it works because the aesthetics work for it. Um, You can customize the main character as often as you like. Uh, So I... uh, uh, There's basically a part in the story where... uh, I'm not going to spoil how this happens, but basically you get kicked off the force because you're a police officer. Um, You get kicked off the force and you get this um, 
costume, which is just like streetwear. So basically the rest of the game, I was playing it in streetwear because I was taking that role very seriously of, you know, I'm not a cop anymore. So why would I wear my cop clothes? Um, but after the game was finished and I started the epilogue, um, I switched back to the cop clothes because I'm a cop again. <laughs> and the game still has a lot of stuff. You can go back to like previous chapters, um, which I might do when I finish the epilogue, just so I can unlock more stuff because you can unlock other articles of clothing that I haven't unlocked yet. And I want to see what else I can unlock. Plus I want to collect all the cats because every chapter has a cat that you can find and rescue and you have a hideout where i think i talked about this the last time but you have a hideout where all your rescued cats are there and you can feed them and watch them play with like an empty can super adorable you can't pet them unfortunately but um it is super adorable and cute and you know you can just go there whenever as long as it's in between missions it sounds like you need a cat in real life yeah, people have been trying to get me to get a cat, but uh, go for it. Man. I, I, it. Have, I have I have my reasons why I, why I currently do not have a pet. Um, maybe in the future, but not right now. Um, <laughs> but yeah, ask if people mm, if people are familiar with whatever Platinum has made. So if you've ever played Bayonetta, Devil May Cry. Uh, wonderful 101, uh, that pretty kick-ass Transformer game that they made um, a couple of years ago, which unfortunately is not available anymore. Thanks for that, Activision. Um, yeah, if you if you love Platinum Games, this is another game that I totally recommend picking up uh, for the Switch since it's an exclusive and it's uh, technically a first-party game. Um, yeah, it's it's just really cool. Um, Astral Chain, check it out. It's awesome. The other thing that I've been doing after that is going back to Neuro Automata. I'm nearing the end of that one. Man, that story, that game story, man. Like, it really, oh, man. Like, I don't want to spoil anything because I'm very deep into the game. But if you're someone who can get emotional playing video games, this is one that'll get you really thinking. And I was talking about it to some people on Instagram a while uh, a while ago, just saying that if you were curious to know about how you would feel about artificial intelligence gaining sentience, this this will probably um either in terms of story might put you off or you might be intrigued by what that means um and especially now in the part that i am it raises a lot of questions and you get some very interesting and some might say a little bit off-putting answers but at the same time there's there is a beauty to it all uh, there's a beauty to the story of near automata and I know that a lot, a lot of people have played it, and I don't know how to convince them. Um, other than uh, there's a review of the game that is not spoilerific, so I do recommend watching it. It's by Skill Up. Um, he did a review on Nier Automata, and it's like a very 
it's a very extensive yet spoiler free um uh, mostly spoiler free uh review about about the game and why most people will probably never pick it up but they probably should so i would also recommend that one that one was recommended to me by uh by by a good friend of mine um and i watched it it's like oh that's really cool but i was already you know invested in the in the game so that just gave me even more incentive to finish the game so i've been playing that and uh another friend a more recent friend has uh has got me into playing breath of the wild again <laughs> i dipped back in i i went back in and started my uh my master mode save which i tend to dip into every once and again because it is very daunting to play master mode because the enemies regen their health after a certain amount of time they their, their health just gets regen and if you run out of weapons at that point then you're kind of screwed okay. um, they also hit like three times as hard normally a hit that would take one heart will take three so in the early games, if you haven't been able to beat any shrines, you only have three hearts and you get killed in one hit. So, you know, that was, that's fun. I have four hearts now. I still get kicked, uh, my butt kicked in like two hearts in like two hits. Sometimes it's one hit. Sometimes I get lucky and I get maybe a, it's a weaker attack from an enemy and I, get like a sliver of health left and like yes and then i get hit again and it's like no <laughs> but luckily the um the the safe uh, what is it called the, the the checkpoint system in breath of the wild is very generous so you don't tend to, you you tend not to lose little to no progress so that's nice um so i've been playing that a little bit um same person also started playing animal crossing uh, which got me to get into Animal Crossing again. Um, I'm not playing every day. I'm playing like every other day. Just doing like the basic tasks, you know, build a snowman. Um, make sure that everybody's been talked to at least once. Uh, buy the stuff that I want to buy. And um, a couple of days ago, I actually had one of my friends in Japan who recently got a Switch. with. Uh, she got the animal crossing edition oh nice and so she's been playing that and she was online and we were both online at the same time and she was messaging me and like hey come and visit my island she was very <laughs> excited about that so i nice. i gave her the grand tour she was very she, like i have stuff that she doesn't have yet of course so she was very impressed by like for example my giant not godzilla but godzilla statue <laughs> which if you um activate it it makes noise and spits fire and she was like oh, oh nice. that's so cool that's really yeah. cool so i gave her a bunch of recipes that i had double um and because she just started she was like really so she's like what can i take i'm like here have it all I'm like she's like really oh thank you so much oh nice so yeah i mean i've had i've been hanging on to that stuff for like months and Anybody that's visited my island has been playing as long as I have. So they have like the same amount of stuff or more. So it was nice to uh, at least make someone happy with all these DIY recipes. Um, and it's the first time I've been playing this game during the winter. So this was the first time 
the game popped up and it's like, oh, it's Winter Wonderland. Oh, wow, that's actually kind of pretty. <laughs> Which is nice because here it started snowing and it matched the in-game, which tends to not happen that often. So it was nice. I mean, the snow is melting now, but it was nice. Um, it looks nice. And uh, like as you're listening to this, Carnival already happened on February 15th. They don't celebrate Valentine's Day, but they do have Valentine's Day items that you can get, which I got, like candy and stuff like that. Do they and do for Chinese New Year? They They didn't. Oh, that's I would not have expected that. No, I think I, they did. I think I saw I somebody think, wearing I think an outfit. Yeah, yeah, you can get items. I mean, you can get uh, you can get specific. You don't. They didn't have specific items for Chinese New Year. Um. Oh no, wait. They did. They did. They did. I bought it. But you can get like a statue of a, like an ox, because it's the year of the ox. Um. Am I saying that correct? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Um. So you can get. Uh, I I don't know if it's still available, but you can get a. You could get like a year of the ox like statuette. I think, and I bought it. Um. That was sent to me in the mail in game of course you get it the next day when you order stuff um yeah they really should that like ordering stuff in animal crossing is funny because it's like way more reliable than amazon right now <laughs> unless you have prime um so it's basically like you have prime and you order something like the next day it's in but if you're you ordering stuff for... all day sorry do you actually yeah, yeah, have yeah. to wait a day wow yeah Oh, or you can you can mess with the clock and then you know yeah i've heard that that like that hack you can just speed up time by just well, yeah i mean it's not a hack you can just change the date and it's something that you can do since the beginning but at least when you did it in the beginning you got caught there's this character mr rossetti who comes out and like really berates you about it and gives mm. you a whole lecture of why it's wrong to do stuff like that uh, or when you accidentally reset the system ooh, he gets really angry with you then yeah yeah, but he's not in the like he's still represented in uh New Horizons, but more as a decoration mm. and in the background. So like when you get stuck on a piece of island and you can't get back, you can like call an SOS line and he's the guy that basically saves you, but it goes to a black screen so you don't see him. You just hear him talk. Okay, okay. Kinda sad. <laughs> <laughs> people people like people were afraid of him, but at the same time they liked how stern he was but more people were put off by his sternness so they've been like reducing his role in the games ever since the first game i can't imagine uh so i've been playing that i've been playing animal crossing um is there anything else that i played oh um did i talk about it the last time i think i did i don't know what you're gonna mention nathan drake Oh, yes, you did. Yeah, I did. All right. Okay. Then we don't have to rehash that. I played a little bit more. Still um, on the first one? Yeah, still on the first one. Okay. Yeah, oh, I need my... to get to the second one. The second one is so good. Yeah, I, but I'm kind of taking my time because my priority right now is... Um, no, 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 no. This should be your priority. No, no. Skip Nier all that. No, is my priority. Skip all that JRPG mumbo jumbo. This <laughs> is what you need to play. This is it. Nah, man. Like, let me finish near, and then I can focus on on uh, Uncharted. Okay. Yeah, I'm almost at the end with near, so you know. Okay. Okay. 
But uh, yeah, that's basically what I've been playing. So I guess that's all that is fit to play. Nice. And with that, I think we've come to what was supposed to be a unique episode. But halfway through recording, we experienced some technical difficulties in which the video feed got out, unfortunately. So this will be a classic episode without video. I'm, I'm a bit sad because I was really looking yeah. forward to it. Um, it was going so well, too. Yeah, I don't know why. The sec- well, like In the middle of the second segment, it just cut out. Um, I think we need to kind of like iron out some issues so that we can consistently do this because that's one of the things we really want to do. Um, you know, it's it's really difficult as well to get webcams these days because they're just so crazy expensive because of the pandemic. Um, but hey, we'll have to look around and see if we can fix some of the technical issues. But as always, thank you very much for tuning in. We really appreciate all your support, your feedback, your comments. Um, it's it's really nice to keep on doing this. I think we've said it before, but like we really look forward to doing this every time. So it's like in the week when I know that we're going to do this. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah so excited. <laughs> we're going to do this. And even though it always looks like there's nothing to talk about, we always find things to talk about, uh, which makes it nice. Um, so don't forget to check us out. We're on all the major podcasting platforms. We're on Anchor. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, uh, Stitcher, Overcast. Uh, you name it, we're there. You can also leave us a voice message through Anchor. The link is in the description. You don't have to make an account for it. You can just leave us a voice message if you want. Um, if you do, we might feature you as a rival. Um, you can leave us your feedback through email as well, gamerivalsfeedback at gmail.com. We have a Twitter, at game underscore rivals underscore. We have uh, an Instagram, at uh, game rivals. That's where I mostly at. We have the... The awesome at Maximilian underscore X, where you can get all your JRPG Nintendo goodness. But as I said, he should actually be playing Uncharted. But hey, we'll forgive him for that this time. <laughs> but do do check it out because he has some cool stuff going up there. I, I really like the reel you did around the, the unboxing with the gold Pokemon card. That was really nice. Yeah, that was a giveaway, man. Yeah, that was that's, so cool. Uh, that's from Nintendo Collector uh, 85 on uh, Instagram. Go oh, check nice. him out. That's nice. Yeah. Um... So that, and then um, I think I've mentioned it all, right? Yep. You mentioned the email, you mentioned the Instagram, yeah. you mentioned the Twitter. That's it? Yeah. yeah. Um, on that note, I have been and will always be Sean Templar. And I have been and always will be Maximilian X. And we'll catch you on the next one. Later.